Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that one third of food is wasted every year? This is a trillion dollars worth of food being thrown away. So our guest today is an environmentalist fueled by compassion, curiosity and dissatisfaction with the status quo. He is passionate about trees, the zero waste movement, and raising awareness about how we can all live more environmentally responsible lives. He also started a food waste consultancy company, Terra Loop, providing practical closed loop solutions to the food service sector. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Ryan Ingram. Hi, Mariska. Thank you very much for having me. You're most welcome. So, Ryan, can you take us a little bit back to how your sustainable journey actually started? Well, I've always had uh, an environmental background throughout my life, but as well as being involved with the hospitality industry. So being exposed to the wasteful nature of the hospitality industry, electricity, water, waste, really led me to start inquiring as to what can be done about it. From there, that's basically where it started about six or seven years ago. Started uh, researching and realizing that there's a huge opportunity to raise awareness and implement practical solutions. Cool. And so, Ryan, you are extremely passionate about food waste. And that is not to make it, but to rather make sure that we waste as little as possible and compost as much as we actually can. Why is this important for us to kind of reduce the amount of food waste? Well, you've already mentioned two of the main points, which is the fact that the, the world throws away one third of everything it produces, every, all food, food that it produces every year. That's like going to the supermarket, buying three bags of groceries and then just dropping one on the way back to the car and not even caring about it. And it's, it's a trillion dollar opportunity. So not just we're wasting a trillion dollars, but there's an opportunity to reduce. And if you look at the, the food insecure population of the world, which is over 800 million, if we just take a quarter of what we waste, we could feed all of them, which means nobody would go hungry at night. And that's just with a quarter of what we waste. Naturally, all the resources that go into growing, uh, distributing, preparing and serving food are also wasted with every bite of food that we throw away. So it's very important for us to start reducing. So if food waste were kind of a country, the carbon footprint associated with the production, the processing and landfill emissions, we would kind of be the third largest contributor to greenhouse gases, just behind China and the US. So when we look at food waste that ends up in a landfill, what kind of happens to the food? Well, two things really. So. Food is organic. It's organic material. So no, normally it would decompose uh, in an environment with oxygen and that would allow it to become compost eventually in a natural way. But when you starve 
food of that oxygen in a landfill because the different layers that get compacted above the food, it starts to rot in an oxygen-starved or anaerobic environment, which produces methane. Now, methane gases are 25 times more harmful to climate change than carbon, carbon dioxide. The second thing that happens, that breaking down or that decomposition produces liquids, which are called leachates, which mix with all the other toxins in a landfill and then go into the groundwater, then polluting our groundwater. So it is very important to kind of make sure that though that food doesn't really end up in a landfill, but rather get used, you know? I think there was a quote that you've used or that something that you said that all resources, like it's something's not waste, it's like a misplace. Yeah. The definition for, for waste is basically a resource that's been misplaced. So if you look at food waste, if we reduce it and then, of course, divert it, we're using that diverted food waste as a resource if we convert it, as well as allowing the other resources, let's say plastic or glass, which are then not contaminated by this food waste, to potentially be recycled. So then also when we look at, you know, particularly food waste and all of those things, what are the different options that, you know, instead of me throwing it in the bin, it goes to landfill, what is my kind of options? Okay, well, firstly, if it's true waste or it's true leftovers or, or uh, trimmings, things like that, you can compost it mm-hmm. as one of the options. And there are many different solutions nowadays, whether it's industrial, or commercial or, or residential solutions. You can digest it. You can dehydrate it. Basically, what you want to do is convert it into a, a usable resource which you can then grow plants from, from the compost that comes out. And also, so when we kind of look at our plates, some of the items takes a lot more resources than others, you know, like if we compare an apple with meat, you know, what food should we be eating more of and what food should we be eating less of? And is there anything that you suggest we remove completely to help reduce the carbon footprint? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a tough one to say that you should re- uh, remove completely. You know, I mean, everybody has their own choices, lifestyle choices, health choices. Yeah, and you get influenced by many different factors, not just the environmental footprint. But if you want to look at yeah, the different factors which contribute to food being harmful or less harmful to the okay. environment, there's the carbon footprint the water footprint, and of course, the environmental degradation that's occurred during the production of food. And the meats, your beef, your pork, your lamb, chickens, they are on the highest end of the environmental degradation scale, as well as water footprints. For argument's sake, uh, Mm -hmm. beef can take anything from 15 to 50,000 liters per kilogram to produce. Whereas, uh, let's say, a kilogram of bananas would take uh, 500 liters. So it's a huge difference. Mm. So if you want to reduce your carbon footprint, reduce your water footprint and your environmental degradation, shift more towards your pulses, your, your grains, your vegetables and fruits, and have less of the protein from the animal proteins. Having said that, if you, if you track upstream the way your fruits and vegetables are produced, you can also have a better impact, a more positive impact on the environment because some fruit and vegetables aren't farmed sustainably. So it's better to kind of look at all of those options as well. And then in particular, if you've got meat that is sitting in your fridge and now it's expired because you didn't cook it and now it ends up in a bin, that's a lot of water footprint that you are literally just putting in a bin. 
all like the resources involved as exactly. well, water, the manpower, the energy, transportation, the carbon wow. emissions. Yeah, that's just one of the indicators is the water. Jeez, that's a lot. So I try my best not to have any food waste or, you know, to eat everything that's kind of on my plate and to plan my meals accordingly so I don't go to the store hungry and buy everything that I see and, you know, some stuff then ends up in a bin. Um, but there is also kind of bits and pieces that end up having to be composted, you know, like if I've got my veggies, you know, some of the peels, obviously, you know, not everyone likes to eat all of the peels, but what are some of the ways that we can actually in our house do the composting? Okay. So there's, as you mentioned, inevitably there's going to be some waste and, Nowadays, especially in the UAE, there's some great options for, for homes to, to look at reducing their carbon footprint and diverting this, the organics from, from landfill. There's a retail online retail store called My Green Chapter, and they offer you five different, let's call it home food waste um, conversion solutions, depending on your lifestyle, the size of home you have, whether or not you have a garden, whether or not you have green fingers. It depends on, of course, it's family size and your, you know, how you eat. You can apply these different solutions. And I'll mention them briefly. There's, uh, let's look at composting. Right? They've got two or three different composting solutions, one which is much more natural that just uses uh, the outside environmental temperature. And let's say you have a garden under a tree, you can place a natural composting bin there and allow time and the right carbon-nitrogen ratios to break down your garden waste and your food waste. So that's like the old school way, how, you know, my grandparents probably did it or their grandparents probably did it, I hope. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, on the other end of the scale, you've got the 24-hour or even, even shorter three or four-hour processes that you can implement, uh, one of which uh, uses uh, microbes, which break down the food waste. And then there's heat applied that accelerates this breaking down process. And then 24 hours later, you've got not true compost, but it's closer to compost than just dehydrating the food waste. Mm. And that can be used directly in your garden at the right application rates. You have dehydrators, which heat up the food, grind it, and three or four hours later, you have 5% uh, of the volume you started with. And that's essentially a powder that can be mixed into the soil as a soil amendment. You can ferment it using uh, bokashi bins, which apply a bran, which dewaters and kind of pickles the solution that the food waste drains out all the, the nutrients and the moisture can be applied to the plants diluted and then the solids that are left over can be buried and that then converts into compost so there are many different solutions that you can apply and they're all either countertop or uh, versions that you can put in your your garage or on your terrace very easy yeah. to apply and they all come at different costs i mean someone that you know doesn't have a very big budget there's something for them and someone that has got a bit of a like bigger budget, there's something for them too. Exactly, full range. Exactly. And one of the things, so I actually use the Smart Cara and loved it until I had some recent discoveries. Number one is I thought it was a compost machine. That's kind of how I bought it. So when you buy your machine or invest in something, make sure you actually buy it, you know, with knowledge, go and do some more research instead of just like believing what, you know, someone tells you, even if it's Ryan, you know, maybe <laughs> you need to look at it. So I thought it was a compost machine. 
and I've saved my compost so much and you know I had this whole container and I decided well my plants my indoor plants would love it so I just kind of sprinkled some at the top it was fine but then you know some weeks after I just discovered oh my word there's like ants everywhere like you know they next to the plants they're behind the sofa they next to my bed they were literally taking the house over and I just couldn't understand so I thought you know, well, we did go camping in the desert. Maybe we picked something up there and it's like all over the house. And I was just like going about this whole thing, like trying to figure out where we got this. (laughs) And I did the whole vinegar thing and it just did not go away. Like, honestly, it got to a point where I had to get pest control in because it was everywhere. If I picked up my phone, I would just see them crawling. It was insane. So then I actually had a chat with you and I told you, you know, what What do I do with this? Like, I just sprinkle it over my plants and you were like, no. <laughs> Got to work it into the soil. <laughs> yeah. So then do you, like for indoor plants, you wouldn't kind of recommend that unless you actually work, work, work it in the soil Or would you mainly then recommend, you know, to put that, because it's dehydrated food, it's not compost. As soon as you apply water, it gets moisture, it starts to rehydrate, and then it commences or starts the decomposition process. By sprinkling it on your food, on your your plants, on the soil, you're putting food down. And that's why you had an ant colony, right? You were feeding, you you created a universe, perfect universe, ecosystem for the ants. So it's not that I wouldn't recommend it for indoor plants. I would recommend that you learn to use the output of any machine okay. properly. And that's why we do home composting workshops where we advise people on what technology to buy, how to use the technology, right? And of course, the output. So I would use a smart car. It's a great yeah. machine and produces a very positive result. But I would definitely use it in small amounts in my pots at home that's worked into the soil. Wow. So save it up. And if you have too much, donate it or add it to the landscaping outside. Your plants don't need to be provided with the nutrients every week, especially exactly. not every day. It's yeah. Once a month is even a lot. Yeah, because now I've been saving it up and I've been giving it like either here to the sustainable city, Phil was like, bring it, or I have been giving it to our building as well. But then again, you know, I've kind of said to them, listen, do not sprinkle, work it in, like, you know, try not to build another ant colony over here. So, I mean, for me, it really helped to actually know how to use it. Like even with the Smart Cara, even if you had your food waste and you would dehydrate it, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, what do I do with it? I just throw it in the bin. You know, still, that's not ideal. No, do not do that. Like try and find an actual solution. But you would see that, you know, like we've got, I think it's about a five liter container and It takes me months to fill that up. Yeah, it would. So even with that, you know, you kind of reduce the amount of waste. So if you do not know what to do with your waste, like now, you know, just save it up in an airtight container. And, you know, once it's full, I'm pretty sure you would find a place. By the time time you fill up a five kilogram container, which is months (laughs) of food waste in a dehydrated form, you can then go to somebody in the landscaping department of the community you live in and say, look, I have this and this is, and then it obviously teach them how to use it or exactly. advise them. And yeah, you could then divert it. Don't throw it away. Yeah. You've gone to all the effort of buying machine or processing exactly. using the, not that it's much electricity, but you've used electricity. So 
rather donate than throw it down the, the chute exactly. in the bin. So obviously I've been trying to like reuse as many things as possible. And we recently bought a bean to cup coffee machine. But every time you switch it on, it kind of rinses out the machine. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this, even though it's not a lot, it's like, you know, maybe, I don't know, like 15 or 20 milliliters of water, but it's every time, like before you make the cup and then after it rinses it again. So I've been saving this like glass jar every time I just like pour the water in there. And then that goes to the plants as well. So is it fine to like water the plants every week with that water? Yeah, it's oh. not. It's 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 not because it is like it's got it's a little bit of a. Brown. Yeah, it's fine. You can you can add your coffee grounds directly to your plants. Okay. Really. Because that I put in the compost machine, so. Or you can put it directly. <laughs> I put my tea leaves and my my coffee grounds on the plants, but I use coffee grounds mostly to scrub with, actually. So. Oh, okay. Wow. So there is there is obviously use for all of these things. So you know, try and just Google if someone you know has got excess of coffee or tea or something, there might be a better use for it than just feeding the bin. So Ryan, what has been one of your most important decisions that you have kind of made around Mama Earth? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, as, I, as I said, I've been exposed to the environment my whole life. I, I grew up camping and fishing and hunting and bird watching and all of that. So for me, life was all about the environment. And I landed up studying environmental conservation and practiced it through setting up nature reserves in South Africa and the UAE. But it's only when I was exposed to the hospitality industry, that, as I mentioned, that I landed up quitting my job and starting Terraloop. It gave me the opportunity to improve or increase the level of awareness that I could have on the community. Protecting the environment through a nature reserve helps, mm -hmm. right? Having a place for people to go and learn to appreciate the environment and then thus protect it. But being able to come to them in their environments and their homes and their companies and empower them to make change, meaningful change, in accessible, easy ways is much more rewarding and obviously impactful. So yeah. starting TerraLoop in 2016, which was, it was tough, it still is tough, but I feel that has so far been the most important thing I've done. We we're tackling a topic which is food waste, that isn't really spoken about that much in the UAE compared to other topics. It's like one of those hidden subjects, you know, what goes down the bin, we don't really talk about it. Yeah. Like people don't talk about food waste. And I was like, what do you mean? Like composting, it's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. And is there any particular projects that like kind of, you know, that you want to yeah, like mention? That it's, it's taken a while. My first project, which we did in partnership with the, the Waste Management Agency of Russell Kamer, is uh, we actually have these three food waste treatment centers based at hotspots of, of waste, organic waste. Two of them are, are fruit and veg markets and a fish market. And the other one is at a mall. What we did is, is develop a benchmark of how much waste they're producing and then look at the technology required to convert that waste, but as well technology that can then help them track the waste so they can reduce it. So step one, of course, is measure to manage and keep tracking so that you can then reduce and then put in technology that can convert it. And last year we won the Food Waste Initiative of the Year Award for the Middle East Waste and Recycling Awards in recognition of this project, which we are extremely proud of and is continuing to be a very successful project. And we're now going to roll out two more of these hubs this year. 
Wow, that's amazing. Well, congratulations on that. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing loads more initiatives. And I'm, for one, excited to be working with you more and to see how we can actually change people's mind about food waste and, you know, make it cool again and make it such an awesome resource instead of something that's disgusting that you feel you have to throw away. Because we all know that a way is not really a way. Yeah. It, it has to go somewhere. Exactly. So, Ryan, we are going to move into our final five. So, the first question is, what is one social media account that you follow? Yeah, well, that's easy. It's a UK initiative called Love Food Hate Waste. Very aptly named. Super inspirational. They've got great content on uh, for 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 us as, as you know, homeowners, as residents, and how to shop wisely, reduce waste, different campaigns on uh, what's going on in the UK that's directly applicable here and how to approach shopping and, and uh, zero waste kitchen aspect. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? For everybody to have a healthy meal every day mm-hmm. and a meal that doesn't harm the environment, rather that improves it. Awesome. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Okay, well, let's take it back to the kitchen and to food. Stay on the topic. And and one of the things you mentioned earlier, which is don't shop when you're hungry, right? Don't shop for food when you're hungry. Plan your meals, plan your grocery list and stick to it when you're shopping. Eat everything that you cook. Obviously, you're going to cook appropriately. Don't over-prepare. Share. If you have access, share, build up a community of, of, of sharing, whether it's in your building or in your residential community, find people that you can share your excess with and uh, get creative with leftovers. You never know what goes well together until you've tried. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? That's a tough one sometimes because the, the audience isn't always open to hearing about things and you don't want to sound like you're preaching Mm. but when people are slightly curious when they do want to know about to understand the value of food or the amount of resources that go into it i like to go back to the simple banana the humble banana and as mentioned 500 liters of water goes into making a kilo which translates to around depending on the size of the banana 90 liters of water per banana and we know we can all eat a banana and we Mm. often buy a bunch of five or six or ten bananas and two or three land up becoming overripe and we throw them away because you think you can't eat them. But if you look at that 90 liters, that's a lot of water you're throwing away just in one banana. Wow. And there are so many things you can do with a banana, even when it's overripe. And we can all relate to eating banana bread or having a banana smoothie or making a banana ice cream. So I like to, to bring it back to something that we can relate to and we can then apply at home and just wake up people's... Um, awareness and consciousness around it. Awesome. And that actually brings me back to one of our previous guests, Catherine Kellogg from Going Zero Waste. She actually had a song, which I'm going to link up in here, where she talked about the single lonely bananas in the store. And it's actually funny that they get thrown out just because they're single and they're lonely and they think people don't want them. So Ever since I heard that, every single time I want to buy bananas, I collect the single bananas and I take them home. 
they are fine. And I'm I'm one of those people that would leave the Madonnas until they almost like kind of they turning this black because then they're so nice and sweet. And that is then the smoothies, that is then the banana bread. So yeah. So I mean, there's so much that you can learn. I mean, so many people that will actually make like jams and things like that, they would tell you the like ones that's got all of these bruises and like all of these things, they make the best jam. So never just throw something away based on its appearance and based on thinking that this is not right anymore. I can't eat this food, you know. It always has a place to go. I think we should also be aware that when we do go shopping and we look at all the fruit and veg that's there on the shelves and the counters, we're only seeing 30 to 40% of what was produced. So that 60 to 70% didn't even make it to the shelf because of our selection process. The people who merchandise who choose, choose the best because we are the ones choosing the best. It's a vicious circle. So if we, we start buying the ugly veg or the aesthetically challenged fruits, <laughs> shopkeepers will start stocking them more. Exactly. Which means there would be an, in, an increased number, or a higher percentage that becomes that will come from the farm to our shelves and into our homes and, and that we eat. Yeah, and I mean, if there's a lot of like the fresh fruit and, oh, well, food like in packages and things, which you'll see on there, the expiry date is, say, tomorrow, but you know you're going to eat it today. So a lot of people won't take that. They'll be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm having this today, but it's expiring tomorrow. So maybe I should take the other one that's going to be around for another week because I'm having it today. It makes no sense. And I used to do that. I used to be that person standing there in front of those aisles and looking at this and like looking at the expiry date oh this is this still has one week the other one's got four weeks I'm gonna use it tonight so I'm gonna still take the four week one you know so that's just a simple example of if you took the one with I mean obviously I'm not expecting everyone stand there an hour and look at each of the containers <laughs> but you know if you see one that is being expired you know earlier why not take that yeah well that's often what happens in supermarkets they mark it down anyway yeah simply because of its short expiry that's left exactly. um, and then it's a great choice when i used to drink milk i used to make sure i took the milk with the longest shelf life left so that i could ensure that i drank it yeah right so it does depend on on your, your planning if you're going to take something that has a short shelf life make sure you are planning to use it otherwise it's, it's just as bad as throwing it away exactly I think the sell-by date or use-by date or best-by date or produced whenever are all huge um, misleading mm. you know, facts or you know, labels. Use the smell test. Right? Yeah. Use your eyes. Fruit doesn't have an expiry. You can't put an expiry date on fruit exactly. per se. I've often seen, because we're a food waste auditing firm, seen fruit and vegetables that are sustainably sourced, organically grown, fair trade, packaged in plastic with mm. perfectly yeah. good peels still have a sell-by date on them expired and thrown away in the garbage compactors, oh. like, like nectarines, for argument's sake, that still look like healthy nectarines. Oh. Buy them. Yeah. And Ryan, where can people actually find you? So on our website, www.terraloop.life, that's L-I-F-E, and uh, on Instagram, terraloop.life, and of course, LinkedIn. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks very much, Mariska. It's been great being here. And that's a wrap. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com and let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday with a bonus Top Tip Thursday every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds. Oh, 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 o